Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. finish our series on Proverbs this morning uh, with Proverbs chapter 4. Even though it has only been four chapters with several interruptions, uh, the same theme has been coming through in this book of Proverbs is the ultimate wisdom is from God. When we apply it to our daily life, uh, this will bring us life, it will bring us uh, health, it will bring us honor, help us to live with honor, to help us to live with integrity, and help us to live with a sense of peace, with a sense of safety, and most of all, to know that the blessing of God will be upon us as we walk out and pursue the things that he had called us to do. I wanted to encourage all of us to continue to read Proverbs, all the other chapters in Proverbs in your own time, so we can always be equipped with godly wisdom for the decisions that we make daily. Big decision or small decision? A brief reminder that um, Solomon was responsible for most, for writing most of Proverbs, but the ultimate wisdom originated from God. Therefore, God is the giver of wisdom, and Solomon benefited greatly from God's gift. Solomon was known as the wisest man who had ever lived, right? And he accumulated so much wealth. But let us not forget about the gift giver. Because sometimes we look at the gift and we get in armor of the gift, but we forget who is the gift giver and which is God. In this case, who is the wisdom giver, which is God, the amazing God that we were worshiping and we have the privilege to know and to love. So keep that in mind as we read through Proverbs. Let's uh, apply that very same understanding about God as the original author, as the ultimate wisdom giver in the first verse in uh, Proverbs chapter 4. We should have the verses behind me. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 1. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Knowing that it came from God, our heavenly father, it is a call from God to say what? Listen to my instructions. Pay attention and gain understanding. I do want to make a very brief comment about Proverbs addressing my sons. In our current society, in general, generally speaking, men are being emasculated, women are being cheapened. So we must recognize the importance of boys growing up to be men and eventually to be husbands and eventually to be fathers, two sons and daughters. Here is a statistic I want to share with you about the percentage of children living with two parents or one parent, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. In 1968, 85% of kids under the age of 18 lived with two parents. That number dropped down to 70% in 2020. 70% of children under the age of 18 live with two parents. Now, the more saddening statistic is in 1968, 11% of children living with mother only. In 2020, 
21%. So we double. We see the number double. 21% of kids living with mother only. So the percentage of children living with just mother only increased. It increased drastically, and that trend is continuing until unless we, that means all of us, not just the guys, but all of us, help the sons to turn their ears and their hearts to the father's instruction. So the book of Proverbs provides guidance in all areas of life for everyone, especially for men. So it is extremely important for men to heed the guidance and instruction from God, our Heavenly Father himself. Generally speaking, we need more men to turn our ears and our heart to our Heavenly Father so we can lead our families courageously, confidently, gently. Can I say gently? Gently with conviction, with passion, and with discernment in terms of what to do, where to go, how are we to lead our families, and what to get involved in. So I, want to make a, I wanted to make a brief, a brief comment on the importance of boys growing up to be men, which lead them to be courageous husbands, and then eventually be honoring fathers who would raise up the families for both daughters and sons. So let's turn our Bible to, uh, and then let's take us to verse 20 in Proverbs chapter 4. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these last eight verses together for this morning, but I want to encourage everyone, please read through Proverbs, especially chapter 4 and all the other chapters in your own time. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of, free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for you, God, and so thankful for today. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you will allow us to receive what you have today, God. Just to receive what you have and allow those things to take deep roots in our hearts and transform us and change us and allow us to be um, more and more in the version of who you have created for us to be and recognize the calling that you have called us and to be able to fix our gaze upon you and keep it upon you and keep our, uh, give strength to our feet and allow our feet to continue, continue on the path that you have called us and not be swayed or distracted by the things around us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So let's go to verse 20. My son, see there it goes again. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my word. Pay attention to what God is saying. So that's what God is saying. Pay attention. Tune your ears to God's word. So how do we tune our ears to hear God? It means we must tune our ears to the Holy Spirit because God is spirit. John 4, verse 23 to 24. I think we all may are familiar with this. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. 
So we are to worship both in spirit, as in the, through the Holy Spirit, as per the leading of the Holy Spirit, and according to the Holy Spirit. In spirit, as in be in tune with the presence of God during the worship time. So it's not just sing a few songs and we move on to something else. Tune our ears to the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to what is going on. Because during the worship time, if we make our focus to be about Jesus, and it's all about Jesus, we will know what God is speaking to us. Like when we make the focus about him, we will be able to know things such as, what is God doing? What is God saying? What is God leading me to do? And what is he revealing to me or to us as a church? So like in, but it also in truth, in truth is we are to act out our physical worship. And this will be challenging. It was very challenging for me in the beginning to actually act like I'm involved, to act like I'm worshiping, to act like I'm singing. But what he's saying is like in truth, as in let the truth of who we worship be known, be seen, and be heard. If no one can tell that we're worshiping someone, then in truth, we are not worshiping anyone. Our worship must and it should be different than if we're just standing there watching a TV game, a TV show, right? Back in my past, before I was saved, I would go to the bars a lot and watch the TV game. And actually, I realized I would get more excited watching a sport game than I was worshiping. This was in the beginning. But now I realize, why am I more excited to watch the sport game than cheering them on and whoever they are versus when I'm worshiping our Lord and our King Jesus? Why? Why is that? So I have to tell myself, Hugh, change your attitude. Change your attitude and worship our Lord Jesus because it must be seen, it must be heard, and it must be known that it's different, differently, differently by others people around us. So in truth, I said, but then we also need to do it in reverence and in awe because do what our hearts tell us to do. As in, sing with our voices, lift our hands up. You know, maybe it's not uncomfortable for you, but it's okay. Just sing out and do not try to stop ourselves. Remember that whatever, whenever, or wherever we gather to worship Jesus, we are worshiping God among thousands upon thousands of angels in the spiritual realm. I'm going to share a couple verses with you. Hebrews 12, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful, joyful assembly. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. So this is when, after the birth of Jesus was proclaimed and announced. Verse 13. Suddenly, suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Suddenly, a great company, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. So as you can see, whenever or wherever just Jesus is being worshiped and praised, suddenly, thousands upon thousands, a great company of heavenly hosts appear. So we may not be able to see, obviously, if we look around, it's not that many people, without visible eyes, but in the spiritual realm, 
thousands upon thousands of angels, they can't help themselves. Just like the lyrics that we saw, right? The heavens cannot help but sing to our Lord Jesus. So why don't we have that? It's, let's help ourselves. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us, reveal to us of who we are praising and worshiping. Let that be the same, right? For those of you, have anyone has gone to a, a, a concert by like Passion or Bethel or whoever? If anyone, no one wants to raise your hand? No, thank you. So, thank you. So, we, right, so when you're at the concert and then you have, yes, I know you too, raise your hands. You've been there. Um, I know you too, Kelly. You've been there. Yes. So when you go to the concert, right, you have professional musicians, they're performing and everyone else is in it. You're like lifting up your hands and you're singing. You are doing it with thousands and thousands of angels. Now, it's the same thing when you have a small group of people sitting under a tree in a remote place. No professional musicians. No one else around. You still have thousands upon thousands of angels worshiping with us. It's the same thing when we have just like a handful of people in the basement somewhere because they live in a communist country. They can't worship Jesus. When they do that, they are among thousands upon thousands of angels worshiping. So keep that in mind. Let that sink in a little. That is what happens when the supernatural realm, when we worship Jesus this morning. We may felt uncomfortable. I will be honest with you. I know I have a terrible voice, but I don't really care. And I want everyone else to get into that place because thousands of thousands of angels are overwhelming. Their joys, their voices are amazing. But they're not worried about our voices. So sing along. So I share from John is because I am challenged every time I remember that verse. And I trust that you are too. That suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts and God is spirit. And he wants us to worship in spirit and in truth. And, and um, one last reminder before we come back to Proverbs is God is spirit. Right? We see that our worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. He just said God is spirit, period. God is spirit, period. So we are to worship in spirit and in truth, but he is spirit, so we have to tune our ears to the Holy Spirit to be able to hear him. So how do we hear the Holy Spirit? We got to get to know the Holy Spirit. And I, that's another topic. So I want to move on to verse 21 and verse 23. For those of you who may have been here before, you know that I love worship, even though I cannot be on the worship team. But I'm still going to try. One of these days, you're going to see me on stage. When Vanessa's not here, I'm going to sneak on stage. I'm going to be on the worship team. <sighs> see, there's always something stopping me. Um, so, all right, so let's move on to verse 21. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The best way to guarding our heart is to be continually filled with God's word. God is spirit, so keep it within our heart. God is telling us how to do it. So the more that we fill our heart with God's spirit and with God's word, the more that we can guard it, the more that it will be full. And do not let them out of sight. And in God's instruction, his word, his instruction, do not let them out of our sight. Keep them in your heart because they are life and health to our whole body. 
guarded above all else. Everything we do flows from it. So our heart is a place where no one can see, right? No one can see. No one should be able to see because if you can see someone's heart, they're dying. Our heart is a place... We have medical professional in here, so you guys feel free to correct me afterward. But our heart is a place where no one can see, but people will know what is in our heart. Because our heart is what drives us by the things that we do, the things that we say, and how we live. There is a quote, and I wish I remember who, who said this. Is the C.S. Lewis or Tim Keller, one of the two. We prioritize what we determine precious. We prioritize what we determine precious. So if, if money is precious to us, we will prioritize everything around making money. Right? If money is precious, then our job becomes the most important thing over everything else. Forget about family, forget about kids, forget about friends, forget about church. Money is the most important thing. If it is fame, we will prioritize everything around gaining popularity, getting more accolades. If it is traveling, then we will prioritize everything around traveling, right? To save money. What other place do I, can I go? How can I spend more time researching and, and focus around where's my next trip will be and talking about it? Because you will share with people, oh, these are the places that I've been to. These are the places I'm going to go to. They will know what is important to us, what is precious to us. If it is food, I'm saying this because food used to be what was precious to me. You will prioritize what kind of food I have not tried yet. Where is a good place to go eat? What are some of the nicer restaurants? How can I save money so I can go eat at nice places? I know that was just me. Um, I no longer do that, just so you know. If it is our children, which is a sensitive topic, we're parents. But if we idolize our children, then we will make everything to be all around about our kids. We're no longer are parenting and teaching and leading them to love the Lord Jesus. Because sometimes our children become what is the most precious thing to us. If it is acceptance, then we will become people pleaser. We have a lot of that. I had some of that too, if I'm to be honest. You know, seeking acceptance from other people changing ourselves to be someone else so we can be accepted, if that is the most precious thing to us. If it is Jesus. If Jesus is the most precious thing to us, then we will want more of Jesus to be continually filled up in our heart, then we will prioritize everything else around his word, his instructions, and his kingdom. We will know what is precious to us. That is what we will prioritize. So let Jesus be the most precious person to us. I want to encourage that to everyone. You don't have to be in full-time ministry. You don't have to be up here preaching. But let Jesus be most precious to us and fully walk into the area that God has called us to do and prioritize everything else around it. Prioritize everything around Him. We want to prioritize Jesus and draw from God's word to sustain us, right? When we draw from God, it will sustain us, it will give us health to our body, both spiritually and physically. Keep God's word in our heart and guard our heart. Guard our heart because it is precious to God. Our heart is precious to God. 
our heart, if I can say, maybe the most precious thing to God. He wants to, and he completely trusts our heart. We see that in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when we believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins, God just forgives us and receive, and we get to receive eternal life. We just believe that Jesus, you died for my sin in our heart, and that's it. Jesus had done everything else. They paid the price. But the thing for us to do is we just believe in our heart. But to God, that's all it takes. If you believe in your heart, okay, we're good. So our heart is precious to God. So therefore, it should be precious to us. Guard it with everything. Don't give your heart away too easily. Don't allow others to take it too easily. Or other things to take it easily. Especially, don't allow it to be filled with the things that are in opposition, in opposition of Scripture. Because it will draw us away from Jesus. Take us away from Jesus. And the best and most simple way to guard our heart is to be passionate for Jesus. If you, there, there may be 10 steps out there that will tell you how to guard your heart, but if I can just simplify it down, I'm not that smart. I like things simple and easy. The best and simple, most simple way is be passionate for Jesus. Make Jesus and his kingdom the most precious person, precious figure in your heart. That is how we guard our heart from being pulled into being passionate for money, passionate for positions, passionate for traveling, passionate for adventure, passionate for comfort. Comfort is an idol also. Or passionate for privacy or passionate for people's praises. Guard our heart. Because it's precious to God. It should be precious to us also. So if we are passionate for Jesus in our hearts, everything that we do and say and prioritize will flow in a way to bring honor and glory to Jesus. All right, let's move on to verse 24. Keep your mouth free of perversity and keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And if we're passionate for Jesus, we will automatically fulfill verse 24, right? So we don't need to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. So when we keep God's word in our heart and guard it according to scriptures, we will be able to live out this verse easily. What is perversity? Crookedness. Uh, in, in scripture, it means crookedness. That means deceit or dishonest. So it's similar as corrupt. So it's pretty much saying the opposite of, of, of uh, what is honoring. So what it's saying is be honoring in your language and speak honoring with your lips and don't speak lie. The example of crookedness or um, corrupt is speaking half-truth. Have you guys ever tried that before? Admittedly, I have done that in the past. Um, that was like a long, long time ago, okay? I just want to let you know. Speaking half-truth, not fully disclosing all the truth, or just straight-up lie. Um, some example of honoring, which is the opposite of perversity and corrupt talk, is think well and speak well of others. Be transparent with our words and actions so we don't leave others guessing or wondering. People will know who we are and what we are about. Commit to what we say, that we would or would not do. And the best way to, to, again, keep our mouth free from perversity and corrupt talk is to make sure our hearts are passionate for Jesus. The honoring um, attitude will come through. Everything we do and say flows from our heart. Per verse 23. So when our hearts 
are full of passion for Jesus, our lips will be filled with honoring talk, and our priorities will be centered around bringing glory and honor to Jesus. I know I've said that before, but I'm going to keep saying that over and over again. So um, if we move on to verse Proverbs um, chapter 4, verse 25 to 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. This speaks to a person knowing where he or she is going. Right? This person has a clear understanding and clarity of the path ahead. It's a very determined, right? very focused. In order to do that, we need to come back to listen to God's instructions. Tune our ears to the Holy Spirit because we need to know and hear from God so we can be sure and secure of where God's calling us to go and to be and remain steadfast and fix our gaze upon who Jesus is and what he called us to go and to be and where he called us to go. So as we have an understanding and a clarity for what God instructed for us to be and the calling that he has revealed to us, give careful thought. As in, know the privilege and know the cost. Because I know for me, I tend to always think about the privilege. The privilege to share the gospel. The privilege to lead people. The privilege to... to, uh, have kids, the privilege to lead my family. But there's a cost. There's a cost that we need to be clear on, right? There's a cost to planting a church with young kids. There's a cost to leading, being in leadership with young kids and working full-time. That's the same thing with you. There's a cost to when you talk about Jesus in your workplace. There's a cost to you when you talk about Jesus to your neighbors. If you haven't tried it yet, try it. And you see how friendly people will be. But Jesus will always separate for or against. There's no riding the fence on Jesus. So there is a cost when we pursue Jesus, passionate for Jesus, and do the things that he called us to do. So give careful thought, because as you know the privilege and the cost, we can walk more certainly, more surely, and know who we're doing things for, and how to proceed and be steadfast in our, in our steps. They are and will always, there are and will always be distractions to take us away from what God has given us to do and call us to be. Be steadfast. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If you did not know this already, the devil exists. The devil is real. Like real. Real as I'm standing here talking to you. And he's prowling around, waiting for us to slip up, waiting for us to like fix our gaze upon him, waiting for us to be distracted. And actually, he's actually trying to distract us, trying to take us off course, trying to get us to, well, you shouldn't really go there because that's too hard, too difficult, too dangerous. This is so much nicer, so much more fun and relaxing. And he's trying to capture our gaze. So the devil does not take a day off, by the way, just so you know, even on Sunday. So be aware and be steadfast. Fix our gaze upon Jesus and keep our foot to go where God has called us to, on the path that God has put us on. So remember to constantly fill our hearts with God's word 
and tune our ears to him always. The more that we can tune to the Holy Spirit, the more secure and confident we can be of the path that God has called us upon. I want to end by, by repeating what I said in the beginning, is God is the original wisdom giver. Turn to him. Look to him. Proverbs, Proverbs in here is just a collection. Don't think this is not just a collection of wise saying or wise quotes. God is giving us instructions on how to live, how to raise up kids, how to make friends, how to speak, how to talk, how to communicate to other people. This is our instruction from God. He's giving us instruction, but mostly he's giving us instruction to what? Pay attention to what God is saying. He's saying, pay attention to what I'm saying. And when we do, pay attention to what God is saying. Tune our ears to the Holy Spirit. Tune our ears to the Holy Spirit so we can hear God. God is spirit. Tune our ears to the Holy Spirit. If you want to hear him, tune our ears to the Holy Spirit and then keep his instruction in our heart. Keep it in our heart. Don't just let it flow from one ear and go out the other. Keep his instruction in our heart. And once you have that, guard it with everything. Above all else. That's pretty much everything, right? Above all else. So pay attention to what God is saying. Tune our ears to the Holy Spirit. Keep his instruction in our heart and guard our hearts with everything. And our step will be steadfast. Our path will be secure. Our gaze will remain ahead. And our hearts will be passionate for Jesus. And we will have confidence and secure in the things that he had called us to do. And we will know that what we find precious. Then we will prioritize our life around what is precious to us. And which is Jesus and his kingdom. What is precious to us? Maybe if you can go home and think about that. What is precious to me? Let's be honest. If we can be honest, you don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to give me the answer. What is precious to us? And if it's not Jesus, make Jesus the most precious thing in our heart. Because when Jesus is the most precious thing in our heart, our eyes will be able to fix upon him. Our feet will be on a solid path and it will be steadfast, and we will not be distracted and turn left and right because we know who Jesus is, and we have a revelation of how amazing he is. So keep Jesus in our heart. Make him the most precious thing for us. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.